Hello there and welcome to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Today is a comics roundup episode. Uh, we are of course rounding up the month of September and to do that myself Dan is joined by the usual shit boy duo. We've got John and Chris here. <laughs> shit boys! <laughs> oh, I feel honoured. I feel like we're the only people who uses that name. So I, I don't, don't care. If we stick. keep using it, it will stick. <laughs> We'll get our own booth at the convention soon. Oh yeah, shitboy yeah, booth. Yeah. Shitboy booth. <laughs> uh, and the reason that we're calling ourselves that is because whenever we chat about comics, it just sort of descends to chaos. So we're yeah. hoping that that happens again today, especially um, compared to the other episodes of the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Yeah, I feel which like are all really like good. well behaved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> and ours are just mental. Yeah, we make these episodes for us and for us only. I yeah. don't know if anyone else listens to them, but we do. So I just try and make myself laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so today we're going to be talking about all the comics that came out in the month of September. So I believe we had, was it seven, eight, nine, something like that. It was quite a few. Um, I read them all today. Um, did you guys also binge read them all today? I did indeed, yeah. Yeah, you'll keep it fresh in the memory. Yeah, yeah I, I did want to read them throughout the month, but I, I, for, for you guys, for the six listeners, I left them all to today, so I'm, I'm all fresh. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> um, so, we're still deep into a Dark Droids event territory. I think we've got that to the end of the month. Um, we had a couple new series starting as well this month. We had the, the D-Squad spin-off series and then we also had the obi-wan kenobi disney plus adaptation series as well so we've got some some new stuff to talk about uh shall we uh shall we get started yeah man uh, right first in. first up dark droids issue number two uh written by charles soul art by luke ross uh and in this issue um evil sort of c3po uh starts to make his plan to, to to get Darth Vader, I guess, and then mm. uh, old Ajax is planning his his fight back. Uh, Chris, do you want to start? How did you, how did you feel about this one? Yeah, this was a really I really like this one. It's it was different. It's paced very differently to all the other comics. I mean, first of all, let me say I love the cover of this book. Mm. All of the Dark Joys covers this whole aesthetic with the white. And I love it. Really great. Um, so the cover was awesome. But this one's different because obviously, I suppose it's similar to Crimson Raid and Hidden Empire, the fact that it, it's the sort of central through line that ties it all together, ties all the other crossovers together. Mm-hmm. Um, not as densely interwoven as War of the Bounty Hunters. Like you could very much just read this and you'd be okay. Um, but because it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting with the the sort of inner monologue of of the the scourge of what was the spark uh you know it's it's quite dense yeah. there's a there's a lot of inner monologue and it's it feels like almost exposition the issue but not as not as bad as that sounds it's it's quite it's quite decent quite good we get a lot of the it does a lot of the heavy lifting i think and it mm-hmm. does that to save the other titles so they don't end up like war the bounty hunters titles did mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it's enjoyable art's great it's great i loved the whole um c3po 
an R2-D2 beef thing. <laughs> he just boots him out of the airlock. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I love the fact that... Um, that there's the, 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 the spark, I'll call it the spark, that the spark recognises that Archer D2 is a beast and doesn't <laughs> want to mess with him, so he just boots him out of the ship. <laughs> because it's one of those things, because of obviously, because of Ahsoka, a lot of people are becoming quite used to Chopper, and everyone's saying, oh, Chopper's the most dangerous droid, he's got the highest kill count, rah, rah, he hasn't. He has a kill count of 50,000, and Archer D2 has a, count, a kill count of over 1 million, and that's not including the Death Star. Damn, Jesus! Well, you've done the maths, it. Yeah, God, it's like it's like one point three million R two D two kill counters. Um, ridiculous. How? How when did he rack this? up all those kills? Just join join the movies, join the Clone Wars, everything. Because he's like the amount of ships he's destroyed is yeah. unreal. It's mm. very much the same way that Chopper has, but just on a larger scale. Yeah, um, they, they don't credit. Yeah, they don't credit yeah. uh, the Death Star to him because when they, when Luke took that shot for the Death Star, he was he'd been shot, hadn't he? He was out cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I loved that R two R two finally got the recognition in this episode for the absolute badass that he is. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, apart from that, it was really good. I, I like it. Like I said, it's uh, it's not the breeziest of comics, but it it does all the heavy lifting to free up those of the other the other series. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think I, I, when you said that, it's actually just clicked in my head. I was like, "Oh yeah, actually, that one." I remember reading that one just now and being like, "Christ, this is a lot of reading, like words and stuff." And then you get to like D Squad, and it's like what seven pages of just pictures. I don't think there's any dialogue for a while. It's yeah, like, we'll oh, get yeah. to that one in a minute. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah this I feel like this uh, this issue had some like morbid like horror themed shit going on like with um what they were like merging droids and people together cutting arms off Mm -hmm. sticking a head on a droid arms on scary stuff i was like what is going on here man it's like a they took a droid's brain out and put it into a ship yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, um we had some some of the art was mental yeah, we had some three PO trying to figure out what the force was from Luke. That was an that was an interesting. Uh, yeah, that was a good little there. back and yeah. forth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I liked the question I like about that... his a cyborg hand or yeah, a cybernetic hand. I thought that was an interesting yeah. question. Yeah. So just yeah. in case you haven't actually like read this yet, the reason why they're sort Which of targeting just spoiled Luke. It, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like Johnny, for example, he listens to this, but he hasn't read them. So Johnny, this Hi, is Johnny. for you. The reason that this they look after Luke is because the the spark rec- or whatever recognizes that it was imprisoned previously, thousands of years before, on its last uprising by the Sith. So it recognizes that the Force is its enemy, pretty yeah. much, and it, it knows for through like its many thousands of droid eyes that. That there's only really a couple of force users, one of them being Luke. Um, yeah. So you can see it kind of like has a scene where through C3PO, it's kind of sizing up Luke um, to see if he if he could be used. You know, um, could he easily be killed? What mm-hmm. actually is the force? Because he doesn't really know because all the the, the records have been removed by the Empire. Um, so that's that's quite a quite a good scene actually in a very yeah. Saulian way if you know what yeah. I mean. If you're no, I, I, on that, so. yeah, I really liked it, and I, I like where it's going. I like the fact that 
it seems that Vader is the ultimate target because he's obviously like you know, half, half machine, half yeah. force user. I like that direction. Um, I'm continuing to really like the artwork um, by Luke Ross. I think this artwork's really good. Like the horror vibe really works well with all like the purple and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying this one. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes because I genuinely have no clue where it's going. Yeah, I mean, I like that the ultimate aim in this that's been established in this issue by the, the evil is that to get ultimate peace, he needs it needs to be in control of everything. So that means humans as well, meat as meat, well as metal, yeah. <laughs> uh, as it says. Um, I was getting a, I was getting Dren gear flashbacks there from the High yeah. Republic every, every time the like the <laughs> meat, yeah. meat, meats meats. <laughs> yeah, and obviously like it realizes that it can't really do that. The only way it can be done is through cyborgs. And mm-hmm. that that point actually informs all the other issues this month, pretty much, which yeah, I quite yeah. liked. It was quite yeah. consistent in that theme. Um, yeah, you can feel also, that this one is really well planned out across all the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels very... It feels very in control, like compared to the yeah. the previous ones. It, yeah. it definitely feels tighter, uh, in a good way. Um, another thing to mention as well on this is during the scene when he's talking about that about cyborgs and fusing the meat and the metal, it mentions a character called Fizen Gore uh, as yeah. someone who's been slightly yeah, successful yeah. in this way. That character is the villain from Last Shot. Daniel Hesiod's Last Shot. And if you listen to our Daniel Jose Older interview, I mentioned that character and said I'd love to see more from him. And Daniel was like, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I now know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Had him no, panicking like in his chair there. Yeah. yeah, he was like, oh. What does he know? What does he know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, John, I never actually asked you whether you liked the issue. <laughs> no, I did, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was, uh, it was interesting. Um I mean, as I, as all Chris said, it all ties in really well with everything else. And I, I, as I go back to my point, I was saying earlier, like the the horror aspects, I think, were f- refreshing um, mm. from Star Wars comics. Not necessarily, it wasn't like boo, scary ghost horror sort of stuff. You know, just the, the like the body horror that sort of yeah. stuff was free. Kind of took me by surprise. Not gonna lie, a little bit. Like I I had to like I read a page, and then kind of just like I went went back up the page and was like, hold on, that droid suddenly got arms like actual arms like what what on earth's happened here uh, i skipped past it and was like, oh what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no it was yeah it was look good. at that page now actually it's quite weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> i kind of just read all the dialogue um, on it and then just like skip past the what we've gone on in the background and then was like oh actually what the fuck which is so easy to do sometimes in comics i always have to like make myself pause and be like right let's also look at what's going on on the panels because it's so easy to miss it sometimes when mm. you just like power it through all the text um star wars 38 that was next up um so again another charles soul uh, comic this month art by madabek musabekov uh, and in this issue, Lando and Lobot head into Jabba's palace. Uh, they find this um, translator droid that they're after who's going to try and uh, help save um, Lando. Um, but they also end up wake uh, not Lando, Lobot, but they also end up waking up uh, the Rancor. Uh, Chris? Yeah, this was, this was awesome. I love this issue. Um it's like like John was just saying about the horror aspect. Obviously, the closest 
The closest comparison is a zombie uprising, which we've seen in Star Wars before um, in the Death Troopers and Red Harvest books and a couple of like weird things in the Clone Wars. But um, this feels... But they were all really self-contained. This feels like what would happen in a zombie uprising in Star Wars across the board. Um, so you get in, for all these different series, you get in people's individual sort of POVs of this of this sort of like crisis um, mm-hmm. with the Dark Joys series being the central point and Star Wars obviously like you're saying it takes it takes place in Jabba's palace it follows Lando and Lobot and it really feeds into that like this mm-hmm. feels like um, like a zombie movie yeah like, when they first go in Jabba's palace and that uh, that guy's like Shh, come over here what are you doing keep down yeah yeah. And then Lando's like, where's that droid? And then the guy's like, you don't want to go near the droids. I'm telling you. And he's like, tell me. He's like, fuck you then. I was trying to help you. And it's like, oh, it was like, it's like a whole kind of like tense thing. And then they see Boba Fett, don't they? And he's like, Boba Fett's like, this is ridiculous. And if they're, and they're like, if Boba <laughs> Fett's saying that, then this is quite a bad situation to be in. Um, although although one thing I will quickly add on that, whilst I liked the little Boba Fett inclusion, it felt really rushed. Like he was just there for like one panel and then he was gone again. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it wasn't. I think we'd like if 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 you look at it, be like, oh wow, Boba Fett's in this. Then yeah, it's rushed. But I think it's more like that's just one of the things that Lando and Lobot see as they work yeah. through the palace. Yeah. And in that way, it's fine, you know, because yeah. we do know that Boba Fett does hang out in the palace at this point. Yeah, in his life, it makes sense know? for him to be there. I almost wonder whether that's like actually a scene from like another comic which hasn't come out yet. And we just see like well, Boba you know, Fett is part of Bounty Hunters at the moment, in and out, isn't he? So yeah, so I don't know if that's almost like you know they do that sometimes where you'll see like a little bit of a scene in one comic and then you see the full scene in another one. I don't know if that actually might be where that one is meant yeah. to sort of sit. Not sure. It's it was a good issue though. I mean, I I love Charles Saul and I love Lando. I love Charles Saul's Lando. It's great and it's a really good continuation of of what's going on it's there's a strange feeling though in this issue i think because one of the first things i noticed is lando is wearing his gear that you see him in in jabba's palace at the beginning of return Return yeah be like oh okay so we're getting there now that you know we're getting to that point but if you think about it like if this had happened before return of jedi I feel like it would have been mentioned or there'd been some indication of it. But no, they're, they're fine with just droids hanging out in Jabba's palace again. Surely, if <laughs> this happened, everyone would be like, let's kill all the fucking droids. Let's not risk this happening again. I mean, the whole like inciting incident for the Return of the Jedi, like Jabba's oh, yeah. palace thing happening, is two droids rocking up at the door and being like, oh, can we come in? Like, oh, yeah, come in. We just They're had like, yeah, like sure. a massive we war of droids, a, but it's fine. A droid invasion like a couple months ago. Sure, come in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, obviously, there's a massive suspension of disbelief here, like a huge one. But if if you just turn off your sort of timeline brain for a second, it's a really good issue, really good story. Yeah, yeah. John, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it a lot more than last month's issue. I don't know if anyone remember, but last month's Star Wars issue, I wasn't a massive fan of. Um, just yeah. to put my cup of tea. But this one, I'm enjoying a lot more. I think mostly for the points Chris made, where it was like, this is like, you know, those episodes of The Walking Dead when like it'd be one character's POV for that one episode. Like they've gone off yeah. somewhere and it'd be like what they're up to and their like struggles and all that jazz. And uh, so I, I was. 
I'm intrigued to see. Yeah, I mean, it just felt like a yeah. He, it's like Lobot's been infected, and it's like God, we got to get him like somewhere quick and sort this out, yeah. or that's it. So I, I'm enjoying like the suspense, and I mean, I feel like he's going to be fine in the end because it's a Disney Star Wars comic, but you never know. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I'm. Is it? I think the last page is actually like the Rancor and uh, like loads of dark droids. So I think next yeah. next issue is going to hit off big. So I'm excited for that one actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed this one as well. Um, I, 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 I mean, I love any time that Charles Soule's writing Lando and Lobot. We're probably going to say this every single month when we do this. Um, I particularly liked the little flashback scene to like Lando and Lobot. <laughs> the wig. Sort of, Lobot yeah, with the like wig. his eighties hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. That was very Lando. Um, I liked, obviously, the reference in past and present um, to, like, the capes. All his capes in there as well. Um, he makes that nice comment, doesn't he, saying he, he assumed Han would throw them away. But would have thrown them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think um, Han just so goes in, like, that. dressing up every now and yeah. again? So throws on one of Lando's capes. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it. I'm the, the shit. Yeah, and puts <laughs> on that wig. <laughs> Uh, yeah no so I, I did really like it I thought it was good I think there was like one or two moments like the Boba Fett moment and the moment where Lando saw Han on the wall that I think maybe just moved a bit quick for me um, but I understand why I understand it was you know fast paced they're moving through the palace where there's evil droids he doesn't have time to stop and get sad about Han being up there in Carbonite but there were a few moments where it moved a bit too fast for me but that's just a, a brilliant I thought that Han thing. moment was quite a nice thing because it's one of those things where if it hadn't been in there then it would have yeah. been like why why didn't Lando acknowledge the fact that one yeah. of his mates is on the wall I'm glad it was there yeah definitely yeah, yeah. and hopefully that once Dark Droids is resolved is maybe the moment that Lando says to Leia like oh they've got Han fucking hung up on the wall like some sort of painting we should probably go rescue him now um but yeah no another really good issue i loved that the rancor woke up at the end um that's pretty exciting stuff and i just love jabba's palace anytime we can see jabba's palace i, I get pretty excited about it yeah i like the droids as well the one they're trying to get i can't remember his name I don't know if anyone you can but mm. he's got like a cool attitude like almost yeah, like he's got a bit of sass doesn't he like kind of like what they tried with Archie and Bestoon, but like not terrible. Not Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, just that kind of like attitude sass. Mm. But no, yeah, it's quite an interest. It's quite a fun character to read. Like when he's like bitching with the the droids that are trying to torture him, because that was a cool yeah. moment in this issue. That one stag trying to torture him is being like really like assholey, and then mm. all the dark droids are behind him and just like ravage him. That was really good. Proper yeah, zombie. Really, movie. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I like the um. Actually, I like the panel where he like tips all the molten lava on them or whatever, and yes. then, like they're speaking and yeah. like melting away. I thought that that is we again we're hitting the theme of like zombie apocalypse or like vibe thing. Yeah, that was a cool image. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like this. I, I don't think I've seen this artist before, but I'm really it's liking good, it. It? their artwork. Yeah, it's really really good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next up. Oh, let's see how this one goes, lads. Darth Vader 38. Uh, <clears throat> again, written by Greg Pack, Greg Pack uh, our Lord and Saviour. Uh, artwork by <laughs> Raphael Inienko. Uh, and in this issue, Darth Vader escapes the Executor with uh, Bull Guy and the rest of the squad. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the droid virus follows them back to Mustafar. Right. John, I'll start with you here. 
how are you feeling about Darth Vader 38? I mean, I feel like it's been a running theme throughout most of this Greg Pack issue, but it's or series. It's like when I first read it, like I genuinely like don't understand what has just happened. Like I don't know if it's just me, but like sometimes I'll read it and be like, how have we got from the start to the finish? Um <laughs> like there was a point in it, especially I think there were some conversations between like the captains of the different ships, and I was like, "What? The, what are they going on about?" And I don't know if it's just me, and it probably is just me. Um, but yeah, I was a bit baffled about what was no, what was going on. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is just you. I think if I am being fair in terms of criticism towards Greg Pak series, I think pacing has always been an issue for him in across the Vader comic. It's always. Yeah. I think the pacing was, has always been a bit off, so I do get what you're saying, John. I think there was like a panel or two as well where, uh, where um, it jumped from like one ship to the other, but obviously like between panels, there's literally like no way to determine like which ship you're on. Yeah, there is. I remember seeing that, and it mm-hmm. it goes by the actual the guys, and then like they just look like generic white guys. So you're like, yeah. which generic white guy is this? But then it's like, well, there's two generic white guys on this scene. And I know that, that ship had two a minute ago. <laughs> so I think this is that one. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I was enjoying Vader's yeah. stuff. Like I, I think that's the thing. Like, I was enjoying in this issue. Like, I was enjoying the bits of Vader. I got what he was up to after reminding myself of what they were up to because I hadn't read it since last month and I was <laughs> lost. Um, so it's in, he was resetting all the droids. Fine, got that. He was tearing up droids left, right, and centre. No badass, got that. And then, yeah, I think it was just the stuff with the ships. I didn't understand. There was one point someone was going on about delaying an order for four seconds, and I was like, what? <laughs> well, that was because uh, of the little thing with Admiral Piet where yeah. the guy didn't didn't want to blow up Piet because in the past Piet had given him an extra four seconds and he survived and now they're buddies. Um, I actually I didn't actually, mind I actually quite liked that. that bit, I yeah, I, I like... I quite like I think, Piet. I think he's a cool yeah, character. I think so I was just confused because cool. that four seconds covers a lot of panels. Well, no, I think the general idea was he goes, he he just said like that guy waited for me when against protocol and it saved my life. So I'm going to wait for him. I think the four seconds was just right, a general right, thing. It wasn't a, actually yeah. wasn't actually talking about four seconds. He was just going, I'm going to rescue Piet before we do anything else. And then obviously when the tables are turned, Piet literally gives him four seconds and blows him mm-hmm. up. Right, get it. Um yeah, no, I liked this issue. Um I think maybe the past like I think maybe since issue thirty of Vader, I've been enjoying it a bit more. Um I think he's found it's found a bit of direction again. Um so I did like this issue. I still think it's my least favourite of 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 the four main running issues um all the other ones were really really good um this one was was good it was interesting enough i'm not 100% sure what direction we're going in but i'm finding it interesting um we got lots of ball guy actions so that was great hey chris yeah man i was waiting for you to ask me what you thought about this issue because i was gonna go ball guy ball guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah for all the ball guy stands out there this is your issue well, you can see he... him compacted into like a little carry case version of himself in this one. <laughs> so for all you ball guy fans, this is the one. Well, Chris, this is what I was going to ask you. I didn't know if that was a compacted ball guy or if that was a beheaded ball guy that they had to rebuild oh, his body. 
Don't say that. Because I didn't know if Ball Guy died and then he got remade at the end, or didn't if he just Ball got Guy like, already died and then come back. I think Ball Guy is eternal. Yeah, Ball Guy never ends. <laughs> uh, forever. So yeah, Chris, I'm assuming you love this issue then because of the Ball Guy action. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, to be fair, do you know what? It was it was good. Yeah, I, I'm 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 in agreement with you, Dan. I feel like since Playback issue thirty, it's got a lot better. Once it ditched that handmaiden, Ochi, whatever baggage, and just became a Vader mm-hmm. story again, it's been a lot better. Saying yeah. that though, I always feel like Vader's like the second most important character in the series. It always it's always from the POV of someone else, which yeah. the other Vader series weren't. So this one is through the POV mainly. Is it Zed, his his main droid? Yeah, the droid. So yeah. droid, and then obviously it's from Sabe before Archie before. Um, whereas the other two succeeded so much because they were very much. In Vader's head, I mean, Saul's Vader, you couldn't get any clearer, could you? That's what it was. Yeah. And, um, and at times, Gillen's Vader um, would use Afra as the POV, but that yeah, was Afra as well. Afra, who's the best character. Yeah, but obviously, but it, it, it was it was good, though. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this was fine. It's just my issue mainly with Greg Pak's Vader is it always feels like the first three quarters of the issues is just like fighting nothing right yeah and then it starts to get somewhere and it ends yeah like (laughs) it never feels like a complete story like if you look at Saul's star wars run yes it has its cliffhangers to keep you going but every issue feels complete yeah they feel like chapters whereas Mm. this doesn't this feels like cheap stings with some action constantly so you never you never get Mm. satisfied it it's just like Lost at its worst. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Rather than yeah. the other series where it lost at its best, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's my main issue. And this was the same as that. But saying that, like, the action was good. Ball guy was everything. <laughs> um, I liked that four-minute sting thing, the four-second sting. That was really cool. The mm. thing that confused me, and I genuinely don't understand it, was the whole Eye of Werish Bog thing at the end. Yeah. Because he goes yeah. into Eye Rubbish Bog and he's like, I want your power. And he's like, you, and he's like, take it then, you're a Sith. So then he zaps him with electricity and he's like, you won't get it from me, you get it from Palpatine. And he's like, okay. And he just leaves. <laughs> that was pointless. Yeah, I'm not sure what this whole... I feel like we've seen this before, the whole him like being grumpy with Palpatine and like wanting yeah. to... And then we know what happens. Palpatine electrocutes the fuck out of him and then says, down boy, and then he goes back to being his you've bitch think, again. You've got to think about where we are in the timeline here. If if we're having Lando in his get-up in Jabba's palace and we've got Vader here, this is Vader, like, literally weeks, probably, before he kills Palpatine and redeems himself. Yeah. So this is going to be a Vader that's tormented by the light. Yeah. But we're not having any of that. And we're if not this really is feeling that, yeah. If this is setting up that, that's shit. <laughs> because it's not about... Because yeah. ta- that means that he goes to Palpatine to kill him, to take his power, which is the exact opposite of why he kills Palpatine in the end anyway. Yeah, because he is... Yeah, yeah. It's, to, it's for his son, you know? And I feel like we should be seeing, in this series, we should be, should be seeing more of him wrestling with the fact 
of his son and his love of his son because you get you know and we did have that for like five seconds at the beginning of the run but nothing since it's just mm, yeah the first five issues are really good for that yeah 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 the first i'd say i'd, I'd even stretch that to the first 10 yeah because yeah. I, I know the second arc's ridiculous but it's still good it's still fun yeah um but this this isn't Matt vader this isn't the vader return of jedi this yeah. is like someone else yeah no i agree um, should we move on from Vader and talk about something that I'd like to shit on even more than Darth Vader? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi issue one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So written by Jody Hauser, art by Salvador La Roca, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi comic uh, adapts <laughs> episode one of the Disney Plus show. Uh, this absolutely sucks. I'm going to be honest with you, lads. Define written by yeah like adapted by would be better yeah yeah like, you can't claim you've um, written it like, yeah probably a bit harsh i should take I mean, back sorry i don't i don't like being this guy right and i actually i actually bought the a physical copy of this because i really liked one of the variant covers of obi-wan sat on eop so mm. i actually bought and i sat and read it you know in a physical comic today which you know should in our and i don't i don't like being really negative but i don't see the point of these adaptations it's wasting ink when they could be, you know, greenlighting other more interesting series with original characters. We've only we're only allowed five issues of Sana Staros, yet we're getting a shitty adaptation of the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show that everyone's watched and everyone can just sit and watch again. Um, I don't I don't get the point. And the art, I d- I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Salvador La Roca's art at all. I thought it was dog shit in this. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's. That's just how I felt about it. I thought it sucked. Uh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not a fan of Salvador La Roca. Like, I, his, his Star Wars stuff. I mean, I've seen some of his stuff in the past when he did actual, mar- like, proper proper Marvel stuff before he started tracing. And he's obviously incredibly talented. I don't know why he's doing this tracing thing because I just... Do me a favour if you listen to this and you haven't read this issue... Google an image of Reva from this issue because I don't know what the fuck was going on with her face. <laughs> no, and the Grand ridiculous. Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor looked horrific it's, as well. All the shades on the Grand Inquisitor that one didn't bother as much, but Reva looks like. Did you ever watch Doctor Who? Do you ever see the yeah. issue of Matt Smith episode where it's like those those dolls that have got big white faces and they've got their tiny features in the middle of their head? She looked like one of them. Just all all forehead, just like an amorphous sort of black yeah. blob with a tiny face in the middle of it. Ridiculous. Yeah, there is it a lot of forehead to really. There is a lot of forehead. Lay is even worse. If you like the show, it's it in terms of if you take away the art, if you want an adaptation of Everyone Kenobi, it is pretty good. Like the way it streamlines the story for the first episode is quite it's quite decent. Like it, it's pacier than the show is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It skips over a lot of like the sort of Obi-Wan, like contemplating his existence. Yes. But the, but the bits it has, it conveys it well. Yeah. I, I think the issue for me was it, it did up the pace, but by doing so lost a lot of the stuff from that episode of Obi-Wan that I really, really liked. And I guess you couldn't really have it in comic form without using um, thought, like thought bubbles and stuff. But like, some of the stuff in that first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I loved, was just like him just being depressed, like cutting the salmon and like yeah, just just sitting in the 
in the desert all on his own. And I think you lost. Oh, I was actually a little bit gutted we didn't get the close-up look of the salmon because it does like a, yeah. a wide shot, doesn't it, of him working there in one panel. Yeah. Um, which I, I get, I get why it's done, and I feel like yeah. the moments of Obi Wan's Obi Wan's contemplation that were needed were actually represented quite well in here, like when he's speaking, when he's sort of calling out for Qui Gon, and it's like a, a sort of a widescreen three panel set of like him that. just waiting and getting no response. Correct, it was yeah. done really well. Like it's well ad- ad- adapted by Jodie Hauser. It just looks like shit. Yeah, mm. I agree. You know, and they I mean, missed they missed the iconic Leia chase scene in the woods as well. I was fuming. <laughs> yeah, did, did yeah, just had to sort of flee for the Valley of showing up for a second. And to yep. be fair, he looked like flee for the Valley of so so that's something. Um, <laughs> without his bass guitar, um, but then it kind of just cut to that next bit. So, if you're a big fan of that show and you want this as a shelf piece, then you're you're not going to be too unhappy, I don't think. Because at least the covers aren't by Salvador the Rocker. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. Uh, uh, before I pass over to you, John, I'm going to be honest. I actually think this might be a worse adaptation than the Mandalorian one for me. I really didn't like this. Um, I don't know, John, how did you feel? Um, yeah, I, I have to agree. I did did, did not enjoy it. Um, I will tell you, to be honest, I looked at the first page and I... <laughs> Like positive, positive. I looked at the first page. The Clone Wars like flashback, uh, Order sixty six. I was like, oh, I actually like quite like the art on that page. I think it's actually quite good. The Clone armor looks quite nice. Obviously, it's quite wide shot. There's no like zooming in on faces or anything, which I think is what actually looks quite cool. And then the next page has the last panel of the Grand Inquisitor's face, and I was like, what on earth is happening? <laughs> I was just like, oh, what man. is this? Um, That's the thing with Salvador the Rocket. It's his faces. The faces yeah. he does are not good. Yeah, and then yeah, Reaver as well just looks terrible. Um, There's no way yeah. Moses Ingram is looking at this and is happy about it. There's no way. Yeah, no, I didn't mind the panel. I feel, I the feel quite bad for Moses Ingram. Yeah, in terms of the way that they've drawn her, it's pretty. Yeah, horrific. I didn't mind the page of like Obi Wan's memory flashbacks. Of like Qui Gon, Anakin, oh, Yoda. Yeah, that, was that was quite good actually. Yeah, that was neat. That's, yeah, actually, yeah. A, that's actually a, a well drawn page, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the rest of it was dog shit. <laughs> yeah, which is just which is annoying because, like, I mean, I need to go and actually Google his other art, Chris. If you say it's it's decent. Um, yeah, if you look back at his like old stuff for like, I think I don't think it was Spider Man, but it was some in that kind of vein. Like, if you have a look back, it's decent. His like Chris, late nineties stuff. I was think. it Salvador La Roca who did the topless hand on the farm? No. Salvador La Roca did, did do Star Wars, I think. Now, he obviously did the, the Vader Gillen run, all of that. Right, but he was so, that was so much better. Though, no, it wasn't. Like... No, it wasn't. Go back and look at it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Now you've seen Afra, for example, in her own series. Go back and look at Afra in the Gillen run. She looks dreadful. Right, okay. he did a lot of X Men. Revisit that. Yeah, mm. I think it's X Men. I'm thinking of like he did. He before we started tracing, he was honestly really good. I mean, but he he ruined yeah. it for me. I was really looking forward to that series. I'm happy it's got a new artist now. So much which, which one, sorry? The Alien series, the new. Oh series. yeah. Oh right, yeah. The first sort of two or three arcs of that were by him, and just awful. 
should we not give any more oxygen to the Obi-Wan Kenobi adaptation and move on to, which I actually think might be my personal comic of the month, Bounty Hunters 38. Oh, yeah, uh, boy. Yeah, Again, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Davide Tinto, and we're back on this like droid haven station. Chaos kicks off, Forlom and Zuckus have a bit of a scrap. Valance comes back very differently, and then we get a nice little sort of... Uh, prequel tie-in with Grievous visiting the Droid Haven station as well. I'll start with you, John, as I know you're a big Bounty Hunters fan. Did you like this? I did, yeah. It's uh, it's keeping its keeping its momentum for me. Big I think Bounty Hunters is probably my favourite <clears throat> ongoing series at the moment for Star Wars. Um and this is did this didn't disappoint. The yeah Grievous stuff was sick. I like how it cut between the two timelines, the Fallen and Zuckus little scrap was cool. Yeah. Um, where else was in this episode? There was just an uh, issue, sorry. I mean, I like Ending. how... Gr- Lads. Yeah, but... Yeah. It shocked me. I also love yeah. how they keep Grievous's, um consistency going, where he just like, pussies out of a fight and just runs away. Oh, he's a coward. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah, the entire first season of the Clone Wars is just Grievous just pissing <laughs> off halfway through a fight. So they've just kept it going in this issue as well. Like as soon as he starts to lose a little bit, he's like, see ya! Um, jumps in his little Corvette ship and just blazes it off. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously the quality ending. That was mad. That poor that guy just got his head blown off. That <laughs> was wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, that actually like made me drop my jaw. Yeah, yeah I didn't wild. expect that at all. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm hoping we get an omnibus of Bounty Hunters because I need it. I need it. It's just it's, oh, so good. Yeah, I agree. Chris? Yeah, <laughs> so I was waiting for you to say me. Um, yeah, I, it was really good. I, I feel like this had four, four kind of storylines going on. So you had you had the, the sort of the then storyline of Grievous on the droid world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, what was going on between Cligson and Valance in the present. You had four yeah. Lamazuckers, and then you had the Bounty Hunter crew waiting. And it balanced it so well. Like, it felt like... Yeah. The complete opposite to the, the Vader series that I was criticised a minute ago, like it was paced perfectly and it felt, I felt like I got so much from this issue in the same amount of pages with just as much action, just as much forward momentum, but it just felt fuller, mm. you know, um, mm-hmm. it was really good. And that the, I'm not a big prequel guy, as you know, and I'm not one of those people who jacks off over Maul and Grievous just because they look cool. Um, <laughs> but, like, I liked his inclusion here as, like, a blunt weapon, as a storytelling device. It made sense Yeah, to see just how, like, badass they are. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really interesting. It, it worked perfectly well. Like, I'm genuinely intrigued. Like, fair play to Ethan Sachs. Like, I'm genuinely intrigued as to how we got from Cligson in the then story to Cligson in the now story. I want mm-hmm. to know what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, it's testament to the writing. Yeah, Ethan Sachs deserves a massive, like, like, chunk of praise because I think he was handed what on paper was a fairly boring idea for a comic series and has turned it, over the course of 38 issues, has turned it into one of the most consistently entertaining series that Marvel have got. Um, I think that like everything that's going on with Valance, I find so interesting, like that ending where he just 
sees like he he sees the face of the woman he loved and it did nothing because he's just could be completely wiped and he just absolutely murders the poor um oh what's the what's the name of the alien species the I know, it's the changeling species. isn't it? it's the same as the changeling it's the same as the bounty hunter that goes after Padme, isn't it, in episode yeah. two at the beginning? Yeah. The Forlom and Zuckus bromance continues to just like really, really entertain me. I love yeah. that so much. I thought that was quite a it's quite a powerful scene of him just like being like, I'm gonna give my life to save Forlom. Yeah. And then all the droids are like, oh now you're just meat, we're not interested. <laughs> like, yeah, and like there was something quite comedic about just the shots of just the gang sitting there waiting. Like, you know, you've got like dirge. And Bosk, <laughs> just, like, just like <laughs> sat there waiting. I just, I don't know. I just thought everything was paced so nicely. It was, and the artwork's beautiful. I just really, really like this series. It's really good, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, to back up your point, Ethan Sachs definitely is underrated and needs needs a lot more recognition now because he's all he was went. You know, go back a year or two years, he was known as one of those kind of like writers for hire like not one of the most loved writers almost people say he was one of the worst in star wars comics because you got to think like he people didn't like bounty hunters straight away and obviously he he's the guy that did galaxy's edge and halcyon legacy as well yeah yeah um which people aren't keen on which understandably so i'm not a fan of them either um mm-hmm. but i yeah, think I this just shows like what can be done when you give him the room to tell the story he wants to tell and to build the characters that he wants to build. Like you can see like yeah. he shifted the series when it started getting negative to what he wanted it to be. And from that moment on, it became so much better. And yeah. the characters are all really good. I like, I care about most of them. Like I'm good that Losh has gone because I really loved Losha and Tonga's relationship. And that whole dynamic was really great. Like I genuinely yeah. cared. Uh, and when Vakura was in there and that whole beef between them was really well done um mm. it's yeah it's it's really really good i mean i had the i was lucky enough to meet ethan sachs at celebration and he signed all of my books uh and he he was i actually had to step away from him because he was so forthcoming chatting to me so much i had to keep I had to step away because i had to keep them line moving because i didn't want to be rude to the other people waiting and he was telling me how like because i mentioned how much i love tonga especially sort of compared to the Valance. And he said he told me the story about how it was meant to be. Um, he was meant to split off into two series. Um, right. So when Valance went to Vader, it was meant to reconcile into two different series. So it was going to be Tonga in the main Bounty Hunters series with that crew, but it was um, Valance was going to start his own one potentially with Ball Guy and all those fucking Vader rejects. Um, <laughs> Which is quite, which is why that felt like it was set up and didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. It was going to be called Dark Squadron. Oh, yeah, it was, going to be, it was going to be called Dark Squadron, and it's going to be a whole separate series, and they'd kind of interweave and they'd have to fight each other, even though like they're friends. And it was going to be a whole thing, but then budget cuts and there was that paper shortage. Was it if you remember that? Yeah, and yeah. they had to they had to drop the idea, which is why it kind of felt like the Tonga storyline was mint, and the Valance stuff invaded just kind of flounder didn't go anywhere um so like he had big plans and you can kind of see the echoes of that now um mm, yeah. I, I feel like he's got it back to where he wants it to be because he warned me it was going to change in issue 37 the whole dynamic was going to change and to get ready for it um oh, wow. yeah. yeah so it's really really good and ethan Sachs deserves 
all the praise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and give us the omnibus, please. Give us the omnibus. Yep, one hundred percent. Um, right, okay, the next one. This is an interesting one. Dark Droids D Squad number one. Uh, this one is written by Mark Guggenheim. Um, Guggenheim's been about in Star Wars for a while. He did the Han Solo and Chewbacca series, um, amongst other things. And the art is by Salva Espin. And in this one, we sort of pick up just after Dark Droids 2 with R2 after he's been flung out the... Um, <laughs> flung out the ship by 3PO, him just floating around space. Uh, and he ends I up, love that first uh, panel. I want it on a poster or something. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up linking up with Chopper. And then, spoiler alert, he bumps into triple zero at the end. Uh, John, what did you think about this one? I like this one. I thought it was like a nice. Um, uh, I don't. Well, yeah, almost like a comedic one um, for like yeah. the first half of it. I think after the serious, dark, twisted body horror of Dark Droids, I enjoyed just like. A little bit of R2, bantering around with um, Chopper for a bit as well. Mm-hmm. You know, them having it, beef. Yeah, as I said at yeah. the beginning, you know, like very light on dialogue, um, unless obviously you speak uh, droid, whatever they language called. Um, binary. Binary, thank you. Um, but yeah, it was just a nice little addition. I mean, I'm interested to see where where it goes. And then that, that bit at the end with the story of Ajax's Ajax yeah. stuff. I kind of awesome. finished this yeah. finished the series, and I was like, "Oh!" And then just noticed it at the bottom, and I just keep scrolling. I was like, "Oh, class!" Yeah, but that, that was interesting as well. Are those um, High Republic characters? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was meant to be maybe Loden. That's what I thought. Well, oh, yeah, this really is sure. this is what I was thinking. I was like, "Is that actually Loden, or is it just like meant to be?" This is a High Republic Jedi, so we'll make they were it definitely look to like a High Republic though. Like the robes yeah. were High Republic, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was um, cool. I'm interested to see where it goes. How many how many issues are we getting of it? I think it's a five issue series. Yeah, I think it's five. Oh, yeah, okay. September, October, November, December. Okay, maybe it's just four then. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's going to run every month alongside the the main run. So yeah, enjoy. Uh, Chris, yeah. what about you? Yeah, it was fun. Like I wasn't expecting it to be split into two different stories, so I didn't know how I felt about that at first because I'm you know I always like to the stories to sort of have the room they need but i think it was great like i don't think because the until they met the pit droid the first story essentially is it's a silent story isn't it because it's just droids speaking to each other but it was done really really well it was fun it was the arts were great yeah the art Uh, is brilliant the art's wonderful like r2 looks genuinely wonderful Mm -hmm. um and i just love the fact that we've got a d squad comic because I hated the D Squad episodes of the Clone Wars. Like, yeah, I liked same. the first one, but by the third or fourth episode, I was like, "Come on!" Do you know what I mean? Like, this is going on like a long time. But it justice just... for Miba Gascon. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a like a niche part of the Star Wars universe. I like that we're getting references to it and we're getting something else from it. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a really solid story. And it was great to see R two having that beef with Chopper because. Yeah, it, it's just it makes sense that they wouldn't get on. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. mm. R2 has 20 times the kill count. So, <laughs> so Chopper hates him for that. <laughs> yeah, he probably hates him for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like the fact that they're using this because obviously Ajax seems they're building something with Ajax. It hasn't gone anywhere yet, but they're building something for Ajax for the Dark Droid series. 
Mm -hmm. and they obviously using the pages of this to fill in the backstory yeah to yeah. not weigh down the mainline dark droid series so i like that they're doing that because again like if this would it would really affect pacing if that was in the main series yeah. and it doesn't yeah. need a whole you know whole issue to it because it's it's not the most compelling story not to justify its own comic um yeah. but it was good enough for like a half story you know, yeah, yeah true. Um, I also quite liked that. I think that with that Ajax story, like quite a few of the stuff that was happening there, we've already seen across different comics. Like obviously, it was it was tying back to the Han Solo and Chewbacca series where they like buried him basically, and then it went back to the Star Wars run where Luke encountered him earlier on. So it was tying together those threads that we had already seen into a proper backstory for Ajax, which I thought worked really well. And I agree with you, Chris, mm. it would have been out of place during the Dark Droid series, but here it worked quite nicely. And it actually answered some questions that I had about who Ajax was and mm. why he was at that church and all that stuff, the droid church. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's a good issue. Like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah. And again, the covers for this one are great as well. Yeah, I'm hoping we do get a full D Squad uh reunion. I don't know what they obviously use in the word the name D Squad. I don't know if that means we're gonna see um old old General Meba Gascon. I don't know whether he's gonna be in it or not. I hope he, so. He hasn't been on any of the pictures, I don't think. Well, that would be a false advertising then, because it's but not the real D Squad. <laughs> we have some good replacements. Like Chopper wasn't in the original D Squad, and True. the droid that's massacring people, the protocol droid that's massacring people, they go to look for. I'm like triple zero. I, yeah, I was like reading, really going, "That's triple zero. They're going to find triple <laughs> yeah. zero. How do they not know it's going to be triple zero? And lo and behold, <laughs> yeah. it's triple yeah. zero. So, and obviously, triple zero is like one of the best droids. Oh, he's mental. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. terrifying, but yeah. in such a good way. So I'm happy that we're getting some trip in this. Do you know? Do you know who I would like to be a part of this? Would be the Taika Waititi um, IG droid. Uh, oh, IG eleven. Yeah. Mando. Yeah, yeah. I would like him to be part of this as well. Just yeah. so I can read the panels in Taika Waititi's voice. And um, there's someone else you're missing. Dan. Ball guy, obviously. Ball guy, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the perfect one for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I love this. I, I really quite like silent issues of comics, like where it's all art and no dialogue. So I like that chunk of this that was that. I thought it was very stylized. I thought it was good fun. Um, I love Chopper. So seeing Chopper was a big, exciting moment for me. As you said, Chopper R2 dynamic is awesome. Um, yeah, I like this one. It's a fun series. I, I think it's John was it you said like it's a nice sort of like more sort of comedic tone running along the sort of quite dark and scary main run. Mm, um, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I enjoy it. And as you said, some nice covers coming up for this one as well. I might yeah, there's, there's have you seen those connecting variants you can get? Yeah, might have to, oh, oh, money makers, money, money oh, makers. No, I had <laughs> I had them all pre-ordered and then. And then I thought, what am I doing? So I cancelled the pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm never going to line them up. Yeah, we've all oh, been yeah. there. But they we're look cool, there. though, because it's all the droids, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't actually seen yeah. them after Google. They're really they're cool. Really it's cool. basically like a like a sort of like, you know, a school class picture of like, you know, when you've got like a whole classroom uh, yeah, sort of yeah. sitting there. It's like that, but with pretty much all the droids in Star Wars. Yeah, it's dope. Um, right, next up, Dr. Afra number 36, um, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Min-Kyu Min Yun. 
Um, and in this one, we pick up where we left off last week, last month. Afra and Just Lucky sort of fight off and escape from the scary scourge droids. And then we uh, meet back up with Magna Tolven and some rebels as they set off on a rescue mission to a ship that looks like it's been overtaken by scary scourge droids. Uh, Chris is the resident Dr. Afra mega fan. How did you feel? This is my issue of the month. And not just because it's Afra, it was just a really good issue. <laughs> so I mean, good, obviously, last month we loved the issue of Afra just banging two different people and trying <laughs> Afra to get lucky. the shagging, yeah, 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 doing all the shagging, trying to get lucky to cheat on his boyfriend. It was a chaos episode, it was a shit boy issue that was. Um, <laughs> and this obviously, like, is directly after that. Um, but I don't know, this really wrapped up the attention of the whole dark droid things even more because obviously. Yeah. Like the the end of that issue is when the droids turn on them. So this they're in the thick of it, and it's just them, Lucky and Afra trying to survive in very sort of Jurassic Park vibes in the kitchen kind of thing. You know, like yeah, yeah. Lex is hiding in the kitchen. It's that kind of thing, and it was really effective. It was really good. The banter was great between. I hate that word, but the banter was great between them. Um, you had like a really cool B story of Leia and Magna, mm. which. Obviously, it hasn't led anywhere yet, but it's going to. And I like Alyssa Wong's version of Magna Tolvan way more than Gillen's version of Magna Tolvan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a really great issue. And you spoke about that moment in Bounty Hunters when Valance blew one of the people's heads off. This, The moment in this issue is just as harsh. Oh, man, yeah, Afra. <laughs> when Afra meets the person that she banged and stole her thing... <laughs> And then trips her up and uses her as like bait so she can get away while the droids yeah. massacre her. Mad. Yeah, isn't I it? thought that was cold. I was like, it was, yeah, Jesus. That was cold. That is yeah. savage. Respect Afra it, is uh, the OG, though, isn't she? She's yeah. she's ruthless. Oh, you can't go wrong. And I know we've said it so many times, but Alyssa Wong's Afra is absolutely incredible. It's All perfection. six issues has been perfection. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I see um, a lot of people online like slagging off Afra. Uh, and Alyssa Wong's Afra. And I think it's mainly because people probably haven't read it or just know that it's very, like, LGBT pro, um, yeah. and they're just writing mm. it off because yeah. they're massive bigots or whatever. But it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's it's just, it's fun, yeah. it's dark, it's, like, evil, but it's just, it's so good. Yeah. God, I implore everyone to read it. There's not, there's an omnibus out now. Go and get it. Preach. John, how did you feel about this issue? Um, I don't know. I think Chris has just encapsulated all my all my thoughts on that one. Uh, he's uh, explained it too well. Uh, my, my only thing I think I will add is the, the flashback scene with Afra and... Is it Magnus, her name? Magna, yeah. Magna, where um, they've obviously just uh, finished doing bits and Afra still has her hat on. I was just like, that is... <laughs> That is class. <laughs> the hat like, stays. I'm actually looking at that panel now. Yeah, she's obviously just post-coital, like fully naked, but still got a hat on. I was just like, yeah, that's respect. I don't yeah. come off. Do you, do you think that might be like a like a like a sort of a role-playing thing that her and Magna had, where like they wanted the hat to stay on? Dan, so I think this she... is going down a path we shouldn't take this podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Sorry, it's, it's... <laughs> save it for the fan fiction sites, mate. Like, come on. <laughs> it's uh, it's the, it's the shit boy special. It's, it's always going to go down a, a, a left of field path. 
Yeah, if we do a shit boy fan fiction, it's going to be Afro Bangs Ball Guy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> While Bosk watches. I feel like oh, that's, no. that would be our thing. Oh, man. Oh, we just picture oh, Johnny watching, listening to this now, being like, what has oh, happened? Yeah. Johnny's like, oh. um, But no, I mean, another thing as well, like, the art is so great. I think Minky Young, like, is possibly one of my favourite artists working. Like, the way that he yeah. draws Afro is, and I found out recently it was a he, um, draws Afro is wonderful. It's got like, this kind of, like, cartoony kind of vibe to it, but it looks just great. Yeah, so I, good. Yeah. It, yeah, it is really nice, actually. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's really like, good. not making any effort whatsoever to be, like, photorealistic, which I hate when comic book artists do that, but it's not, like, overly cartoony. It's that perfect, vibrant mix of the two that I just think works so well for this series and just for Star Wars in general. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's dope. I, I love this issue. I would love well. it if, like, this person did all of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, really enjoyed this one. It's no surprise that Afra, every issue of Afra is still great. Um, I actually thought some of the moments in like the warehouse with with uh, Lucky and Afra sort of dodging them all was like, quite scary at moments. I thought like with the the droid sort of like speaking and being like, you know, come out, where are you? All that sort of stuff. I thought it was really, really good. Um I like where the plot's going. I'm interested to see what the sort of the Tolvan rebel rescue mission is going to be like and how that inevitably clashes with uh, Afra. Uh, and obviously we see at the end of the issue, she goes back to Domina Targ and Domina Targ's got a droid that's been infected by the Scourge. So interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, another the page before that as well when they when Mag, the end of Magnus story when they find the ship they're looking for, and it shows a protocol droid, an infected protocol droid on there. Is that three PO? Is that where three PO's gone? I don't. I wasn't know sure if it was a random or not. Droid. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I don't know because obviously be where three PO went. Yeah, yeah, because three PO dipped, didn't he, in that yeah. ship. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously this is a, a supply one that just mysterious, mysteriously just stopped. So I didn't know if that's meant to be 3PO, but you can't tell because it's like shadowed. It could easily be triple zero, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, or it could just be a random protocol droid. But I feel like if it was a random droid, why pick a protocol droid when that's so ev- evocative of 3PO and triple zero? Yeah. Um, but I'm one, interested one to see thing, if it is one of them. Probably 3PO been, makes more sense. Yeah, one thing I've been thinking with 3PO is I really want a comic series at some time set after Return of the Jedi where someone tells Han about everything that happened with Dark Droids and he just sits and absolutely rips the piss out of 3PO for the fact that he was like turned into an evil droid and was like, you nearly got the whole Rebel Alliance killed Golden Rods. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Han would not it's let like him live 3PO is essentially the big bad now. Yeah. Because it looks like... the. Did I notice that the rules have kind of changed in it, in this in this series set of issues about how it works with the droid kind of infection? Cause like saying how like because before it seemed like it was very much a hive mind, but now he's saying that it isn't a hive mind and he flits between them and then they are their own personalities as well. He hasn't yeah. completely tried to take control of them because it was three PO, wasn't it? But he but it wasn't three PO at the same time. So it was an interesting yeah, yeah. shift in how this whole thing works um which i quite i quite liked as i'm saying there was a lot of heavy lifting in that first dark droids issue and if you're confused go back and read that because it explains it quite well 
Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's yeah. definitely interesting. I can't wait to see. I just wish we had more. Can't wait another month yeah, for man. the next Afro or the next Bounty Hunters. Okay, so next up, Hyperspace Stories, issue number nine, uh, written by Michael Marici with art by Nick Brokenshire. Uh, in this issue, we had Quinlan Voss fighting Cad Bane and eventually finding this bloody toy again. <laughs> Chris, do you want to start? <laughs> yeah. Um, first thing I noticed in this issue is the art, which is by Pencils and Inks by Nick Brokenshire, is awesome. He's like, got a very unique style, is... doesn't he? Yeah, this issue is gorgeous. So I, I saw this guy's stuff on um, Tales from the Rancor Pit. Yep. And obviously that was like super vibrant and great. And this it very much carries on that. So just for the art alone, this issue is amazing. But to be honest, not just that. This issue is really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked yep. it. It's a good, fun time. It was better than a lot of the other comics recently. Um, good to see Quinlan Voss back. Fighting against Cad Bane. It has some like really fun back and forth between them mm-hmm. when uh when Quinlan Voss says uh, you know me the life of the party and then Cad Bane says I prefer Kenobi that was a nice <laughs> moment um but no really good issue one of the better hyperspace stories ones for sure in my opinion yeah John what about you yeah I agree actually I mean I feel like it was just because it was just simple like it's just a simple plot line some geezers stolen some stuff from Dooku. Dooku wants it back. Um, sent a lot of bounty hunters. Obviously, Quinlan Voss has been tasked by the Jedi to go get this geezer for Dooku's plans and secrets. And then, quick scrap at the end. Like, it's just simple, easy, cool characters. Yep. Effective. Obviously, the whole time I was keeping my eye out for the for the little toy. On toy I watch. It. I, thought, I thought it was going to episode without it, but they, they teased it right at the end. Captain Son tenter hooks. Yeah, well, well, I'd say this issue actually had like a bigger spotlight on the the toy than any of the other ones. Yeah, really. because Quinn and Voss used his psychometry on the toy. Yeah, and we got an appearance of Ricker. Yeah, Ricker, um, which I was buzzing about. Which is interesting that it was Ricker because I assume then the Bad Batch story is before, before this the show then. Yeah, and yeah, and therefore because... before the show. Yeah, yeah. So if he's using his psychometry, then that must hit. Then the wreck a bit would have already happened, which means there'll be no Omega. Good. Yeah, no Omega, no. <laughs> uh, but no, it was toxic. I John. Like Omega. <laughs> Fucking, how dare you? She's a peach. She's lovely. Her accent's like better than the entirety of the book about Fett and Obi Wan combined. So you can shove it. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I actually, I'm, I'm an Omega stan as well, John. I think it's just you who's toxic. Yeah, I apologize. Go on and go and watch Revenge of the Sith again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's like the Toxic Boys' favorite. I I really enjoyed this issue. I've I actually have been more and more impressed with hyperspace stories. The sort of further on we're getting in the series, I think it's good fun. I like that they're getting different styles of artwork in with every issue. I like that we're highlighting different styles, characters from different eras as well. I'm looking forward to the Bad Batch one next week. I'm liking this toy mystery. It's getting deeper and deeper. Who was the kid that the guy was carrying? Who was the guy? Was the guy a Jedi? I don't know. Um, it looked like Obi-Wan. Was it Obi-Wan? Because it, obviously it was in the... It looked like Obi-Wan 15 years later, but it definitely weren't Obi-Wan. 
I thought it was Obi Wan. It looks like Obi Wan, mate. Okay, look. But then it can't be Obi Wan because that wouldn't have happened yet, right? Yeah, that's that's the first issue, isn't it? Obi Wan Anakin in the first issue with the kids when the parents die, when his when her dad dies. Oh shit! Is that actually Obi Wan from there? I think that's a, like from that first issue of Hyperspace Story. But was he not in his Clone Wars garbs at that point? He looked like he was in like older Jedi robes, wasn't he? That is true, actually. I'm going to go and look at that issue while you're talking. Um, but no, I liked it. It was good. I like Cad Bane. He's a cool character. Quinn and Voss is cool. But I also quite like that Quinn and Voss, <laughs> the whole thing was basically that like he's not as cool as Kenobi. Which I think is quite funny because, like, that's just the audience. Just like, yeah, everyone likes Quinn and Voss, but he's just not as cool as Kenobi. <laughs> so I thought that was quite a, like a self-aware little like bit with Quinn and Voss there. Um, I also yeah. feel like the artwork wasn't missing any panels, which has been like my complaint for most of hyperspace stories, especially the uh-huh. early ones. So I think uh, they've obviously heard me, and I thought, well, clearly, yeah, I need to correct this because yeah, uh, yeah, I think the... it flowed a lot better in this issue. To be fair. To be fair, thinking about hyperspace stories as a whole now, now we're like what nine issues mm-hmm. in, and we're saying, "Oh, it's a bit spotty." But now we've read some more. Like, I think there's only two bad issues out of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's the Luke and Leia one and the Ray and Chewie one. All the other issues are really good. Yeah. Can't think of any other bad ones. Yeah, and I think they're pretty yeah. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the I know we'd be like saying it's inconsistent before, but I don't think it is. I think it was just two little duds. The, the last three in a row, the. The Boba Fett one, the Kylo Ren one, and this one, I think, have all been particularly good. I'll, I'll extend that to four and include a five even, and, and include the Greedo one and the Ventress one. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, basically, it's they're, they're all basically. Good. I'm actually quite surprised how decent hyperspace stories has been, and uh, long may it continue because it's it's a nice breath mm. of fresh air from the the usual stuff. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed a very different style of artwork. I think Nick Brokenshire has done quite a lot before, um, and he has got quite a specific style of art. Um, but it worked for me in this one. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely really liked yeah. it. I'm looking forward to the second Hyperspace Stories collection because it's going to be a really solid one. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, really excited for next month's Bad Batch um, issue. I-, I love the Bad Batch. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. No, but when I was going through the last few issues. There's a Boba Fett one, and I just remembered. I remembered it because the cover of the second volume trade paperback is Boba Fett. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. Cool. Which annoys me because it's always Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Um, that yeah. spotlight hogging bastard. <laughs> he is a spotlight hogging bastard. Fuck off, back to your back to tanky ball twat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let someone else shine. Well, um. I would. I knew, I knew we'd get the shit boys at some point because it's been quite a tame episode. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, <laughs> we still we still have one issue left to discuss, but I don't think we're going to give it any oxygen oh, whatsoever, are we? Uh, no. Um... No. The Mandalorian season two, issue number four, written by Rodney Barnes, art by Stephen Cummings. It's just an adaptation of season two, episode four, and it stinks. Right? Anything else? I mean, I tell you what, I'm gonna if this comes into an omnibus format at some point in the near future, I think that might be the end of my Star Wars career. Yeah, I'd struggle to buy that one. I think I'd I'd have to march it down to Forbidden Planet, take all the copies off the shelf and just burn them. 
so what you're saying is if, if yeah. they give the Mandalorian adaptation an omnibus before Poe Dameron or Bounty Hunters, we would riot. Yeah, Poe Dameron is yeah. the, probably the one. <laughs> now that they've announced Star Wars 2015 Volume 2, the next one that needs to get one is Poe Dameron. Yeah. Right? That's the most important one. How many issues is that? 35 and two annuals so it's perfect perfect omnibus territory yeah it's just it's not that popular i don't think it was but it's great stuff and it needs an omnibus then after that we need star wars 2020 omnibus correct but just never the mandalorian adaptations never the mandalorian or greg pax vader yeah, but we could get the ball guy omnibus. Oh, yeah, ball guy omnibus would be great. I'd buy like an oversized on. hardcover of just all the ball guy issues. <laughs> <laughs> all the appearances of ball guy just with a yeah, massive it's ball called, guy artwork. It's called uh, What a Balls Up. <laughs> <laughs> just some like super iconic Phil Noto artwork of just yeah, the ball guy. Yeah, and it's going to be like the framing story is a ball guy's become a stand up comedian <laughs> and he's on stage. That's why it's called What a Balls Up. And he's kind of like telling stories from his past. Like, do you remember that time when I was fighting with those fucking cannon fodder guys and <laughs> Valance was there and Vader was like in Crimson Rain but wasn't in Crimson Rain? Do you remember that? Who was in Crimson Rain? Who could have known? I was part of the Revengers. Hey. Is that what they were called? I think they were called the Revengers, mate. That's the what? They're called Gen- cannon fodder. Genuinely, go back, I'm pretty sure they were called the Revengers. Um, Can anyway. anyone name any of the members of it? Uh, bull guy, uh, straw hat person. There was the one that looks like Tonga, but isn't Tonga. Yeah, there was Bonga. the, the fat, <laughs> the fat, <laughs> there was the fat guy, the fat alien guy. Uh, yeah, sure. Yep. I don't um, remember any of these people. Nah. They're all in Vader's room. It's the Revengers, mate. Are you not excited for the 2024 series, The Revengers? <laughs> Wait, no, wasn't Chan of Cha part of this? Or was that a different crew? That's a different crew. <laughs> what were they called? They're the Orphans or something like that, aren't they? What's they were part of the whole who has names? Crimson Rain what thing, weren't they? What groups have names in Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. It's like West Side Story, mate. Sharks <laughs> and the Jets and all that. <laughs> you have um, a wall guy rolling, clicking his fingers. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Oh man, I think with that we should probably wrap up for the month. I mean, um, quickly we should probably mention which trades had come out. Yeah, you could do um, that, Chris, because I've already forgotten. Yeah, bear with me. I'm just grabbing it. So talk amongst yourselves for a couple of seconds. <laughs> it's like the it's like the teacher in class getting the presentation ready. Right? Just talk amongst yourself, kids. Okay, so all the comic collections that come out this month yep. is on the twelfth. We had two. We had the Sanastaros trade paperback which is unreal yeah which dan quickly we've spoken about stanislaus before but you have it on the pod before so what did you think now you've read it all in one go i haven't read it all in one go yet <laughs> oh what let's get read it i've read four out of the five issues okay so then... what do you think of the first four issues then oh incredible <laughs> it's yeah it's it's one of the best miniseries of recent memory yeah it's really really good justina's great we love you gotta get john uh no get out next <laughs> We have the Mandalorian adaptation in manga. Because you know what we all need is another Mandalorian adaptation. We're up to now. We're now up to like five fucking Mandalorian adaptations. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Why is that in manga? Well, they've done a few Star Wars mangas, and they're all really good. So you've got the the 
three edge of balance. You've got mm. the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. There's two layer volumes. There's Lost Stars, three volumes, and then there's three Rebels volumes. Um, but okay. now they've just started to do a Mandalorian one for some reason. This another just panel for panel remake. I mean, this one does seem a bit more interesting because it is manga. Yeah. So it's going to have like that, that heightened style, I assume. Yeah, that could be interesting. I guess that could well, be interesting. Um, be probably won't be. We had the uh, also on the nineteenth. We had Bounty Hunters Volume Six. Um, it's the one with the Inferno Squad. Something at Bestoon Showdown. No. Bedlam at Bestoon. I've got it here. Yeah. Somewhere. Bedlam at Bestoon. That was a, that was it. a good that was a good arc, that one. Good yeah, issues. that's a good. That's a solid connection. That collection that is. Yep. Mm. On the nineteenth of the ninth, we have the other contender for best mini series of the year, the Nameless Terror. Oh, I love that one, and it's beautiful. It's sitting right here next to me. I love it. Yeah, I've got that as well. Have you got that one yet, John? No. Get out, <laughs> John. You're fired from the ship, boys. <laughs> yeah. Wow, just, that is an achievement. Yeah. You just shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. On the 26th of September, we had Star Wars Volume 6 release, Quest of the Force. It's got a wicked cover of Luke with the two lightsabers, red and green. Yeah. Remember that issue? Yeah, Yeah, it was sick. So I haven't actually got that one yet. It's on its way. Um, But that one looks, it's a solid collection again. Really good. Mm -hmm. And we also had, on the same day, Star Wars The Horror Public Adventures Volume 1, Padawan or Pirate. Oh, I haven't, I haven't bought that one yet, actually. Yeah, I've, uh, Panini sent me a copy a couple of weeks ago, and it's beautiful. Flex. So it's the first four issues of Horror Public Adventures. It's getting a second one, obviously. Um, yep. Actually, next month, I think, it releases them in quick succession. Um, so so I look- still haven't read the other four issues of that? Don't say that. Daniel Hersey, I might be listening. We pretended that we read it, remember? No, I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> but looking no, through I've, it now I've read five issues of that series I read five of the eight and I loved the five that I read to be fair that's what I've read five because oh. obviously the other three got delayed didn't they they got months. delayed yeah, yeah, yeah so just look, just looking through the book now though like I forgot how gorgeous the art is in this series it's Harvey Tollebaugh again isn't it no it's Tony Bruno oh it's Tony Bruno yeah he's great as well yeah yeah ha- Harvey is doing phase three's High Republic, High Republic Adventures again I think good because he's great and harvey did the covers for phase two uh, okay. right. nice. um, um so yeah that's all the first. there's no omnibuses released this month i don't think or and i don't think there's any epic collections either so it is just those six trades cool there we go that's us complete for the month of september uh the uh the ship boys will return next month for the october comics roundup can uh, i tease a thing we've got coming up yeah go ahead so, uh, as you're, if you're still listening to this, then you're probably a fan of comics, and you'll know that probably the biggest name in comics, the biggest sort of content creator in comics on the internet, like completely, is a channel called Near Mint Condition. Um, so, and you'll know that the host on that is the Uncanny Omar. It isn't fully set up yet, but we should be joined for a big deep dive into Star Wars comics by the uncanny omar so how cool is that <laughs> yeah that's going to be crazy because obviously just go to near mint condition if you haven't you've, you've almost definitely seen it he's the guy that gets all the only guy that gets to reveal 
the Marvel omnibuses and trades. Marvel don't release press lists themselves. They send them just to him and he reveals them. Mm. Uh, and he gets all the news, all the guys. He's like the guy and he's going to join us on this podcast to talk Star Wars. So I'm super pumped for that. Who would have thought the shit boys are getting a real guest on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, we can make him an honorary shit boy. Send him a badge and everything. He just yeah. Yeah, he just needs to like praise the ball guy, and that's all you need to do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Should we ask him what he thinks of ball guy? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Perfect. Um, great. Well, that is the end of the episode. Uh, today, you have been listening to myself, Dan, aka Vader's Castle Library. You can find Instagram at Vader's Castle Library, talking about books, comics, and here on this podcast uh, way too much. Uh, and John is also here. Uh, John? I'm also here, but you can find me at the same place you find Dan. Uh, and he does most of the work, so what up? <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Chris? Yeah, obviously, SW Book Collector everywhere, so if you just Google it, you'll find me. <laughs> and he's yeah. normally like, he's in this like cupboard that we just open up every time a podcast needs recording, and we sort of just roll him out. And <laughs> yeah. Just plug him in, it. and he just spews chaos. <laughs> I, I don't prepare, I don't read anything <laughs> in advance, I just make shit up on the spot. <laughs> and it works, so I'm alright with that. I, I think you should uh, do yourself some credit because this time Chris did all his homework. So I did, yeah. Chris. Well, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do it with the comics. You can't not read the comics. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's hard to do a comics roundup if you haven't read any of them. <laughs> but usually, when we do the book ones, I usually haven't read the book for four years, and I I always get other people to answer first because it reminds me of what happened in the book. But I still come out with good points. I think, Chris, there's a reason why we keep getting you back on. And it's not just because you're one of the founding members. <laughs> it's not because I am the founding member. The whatever. founding member. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, cool. Good times, should we, man. Should we finish the episodes? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you did listen, and if you didn't, you suck. Uh, Share this out, please, to comic yes, Reddit to comic and things. People. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we love talking about comics and we hope that those people enjoy listening to us talk about comics because it's fun and we will be back next month. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.